This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Hi, I'm wscottis1, and I have not seen the movie Gremlins. <gasps> Increasing his cultural IQ, one movie at a time. This is Cinemavention. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we have a very special Cinemavention episode today because it is the Streamathon edition. Uh, we are recording this live on Twitch, and we'll talk more about that in just a second. But today we'll be discussing the movie Gremlins, which my guest has seen before. He is the host of the Ritual Misery podcast and the co-director of the Diamond Club New Year's Eve Streamathon. He has been uh, he's he is very busy today, so I appreciate you coming on today, <laughs> Kent. Uh, welcome back to the show, Kent Fallor, aka Del Noche. How are you doing, man? Hey, I'm I'm great. I'm very tired. It's been a long day so far, uh, but I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely, man. Yeah, same here, man. I uh, it is. It has been a uh, very tiring day for me as well, uh, working stuff behind the scenes for the streamathon. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, right now, actually, uh, um, if you're listening to the recorded version after the fact, um, you won't know this, but right now we are live on my Twitch right now. This is a, uh, a special Cinemavention episode that I'm recording um, live on Twitch for a very special reason, Kent. And I figured since you are the one... Um, one of the one of the main forces of the streamathon. I'll let you do the plug for the streamathon. Uh, yeah, so dcstreamathon.org slash donate. We are raising money through Extra Life for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. Uh, there's a lot of sick kids out there uh, that need a lot of stuff, and the Children's Miracle Network is there to help out. But they need our help as well. They need they need money to fund the operation. Um, so whether it's 2022 or 2023, when you hear this. Head over to dcstreamathon.org slash donate and give what you can. Yeah, absolutely. Because the donations do not stop um, at the end of uh, this streamathon. They continue on year round. So yeah, go back to dcstreamathon.org slash donate. Even after the streamathon is over, that link will still be active. Uh, if you want to uh, support uh, the Cinemavention podcast directly with, uh, with donations for the streamathon, we have our own uh, page set up over at dcstreamathon.org slash cinema. Uh, so that link is going to take you right to the Extra Life page. It'll take you to my individual uh, fundraising page. And um, and and uh, don't worry, because any, of, any donations that you give through there still count towards the overall Diamond Club total. So that link, again, dcstreamathon.org slash cinema or cinemavention.com slash donate will also take you there as well. So uh, lots of ways to get there. Absolutely. So uh, we we have got to go lightning fast with this episode today Kent, because we are on a time schedule. So are you uh, are you ready to talk about gremlins today? I'm definitely ready. Let's go. Absolutely. All right. So as I always like to do, I like to go over the stats of the movie uh, real quick before we uh, begin discussing the movie. So Gremlins is available for rent or purchase on all major Internet distributors and is available to stream on HBO Max. Gremlins was released by Warner Brothers on June 8th, 1984. The movie was directed by Joe Dante and stars Zach Gilligan, 
Phoebe Katz, uh, Hoyt Axton, hopefully I pronounced that right, Polly Holiday, Francis Lee McCain, and something one that I did not expect and didn't notice until afterwards, Howie Mandel, who is the voice of uh, Gizmo in this movie, yeah. which is yeah, definitely unbelievable, man. That's fantastic. Uh, the movie had a budget of eleven million dollars and made two hundred and twelve point nine million in the theaters. Uh, Kent, uh, do you remember uh, when you saw this movie for the first time? Can you recall? Um, I, not precisely, but I was definitely a kid. It was probably 1985, 1986, uh, something like that. And almost certainly it was on HBO free week, uh, like Amos and I uh, talk about often. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, pretty sure it was before we had a VCR, even uh, decades before streaming. Uh, so pretty, pretty sure it was uh, HBO or Cinemax or maybe Showtime. All right, right on. Yeah, and uh, 1984, man. I, I, what's crazy to me is that, like, it, yeah, it was released in 1984. It, except for one aspect, which we'll talk about um, later on, it does not feel like it was 1984 when this was released, right? Like, it definitely feels like it's a lot newer of a movie than that, but. Uh, yeah, it's got a timeless feel. There's not a whole lot of of things that really tell you. I mean, obviously, you don't see people with cell phones and stuff like that. But there's not a whole lot of things that are particularly dated in that movie, I would say. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I promise that we're going to talk about this movie. But can I take a quick moment to say, <laughs> oh, my God, Gizmo is so cute. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't. I'm, I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> He's so cute. I just Gizmo's the greatest, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I had a stuffed animal of Gizmo when I was a kid. It was, it, yeah, it, it definitely captured the cuteness. Oh, man. I, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so it's talking on Gizmo, in case you missed it um, in the movie. So Gizmo's um, technical animal, I guess if you want to call it animal name, uh, is a, uh, I, and uh, help me with the pronunciation here, Kent, uh, Mogwa. Is that right? Mog, Mogwai. Mogwai. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which actually means a uh, devil in Cantonese, which I thought was yes. interesting. Um, and given the subject of the movie, uh, I would agree with that. <laughs> um, and it's and it's interesting for me because it was bought at a shop in Chinatown. Now, first of all, no disrespect to uh, no disrespect to any uh, shop owners in Chinatown, but kind of a red flag if you're buying a pet specifically from Chinatown, right? Like, am I wrong there? I, I, in my experience, yeah, probably. I haven't seen uh, <laughs> too many reputable pet shops in in a Chinatown, but that's just my experience. So maybe I don't know. Uh, but buying a mogwai, an animal that no one on earth has ever heard of before, uh, that might be the red flag to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But um, but um, and by the way, like that Chinatown scene, um, that that scene for me was the only scene that kind of didn't really like it made sense afterwards after the whole story was told. But in the moment when I when I saw that particular scene, I'm like, okay, where is this going? Why are we in a dark like Chinatown area here? Like what's going on here? Right. And it's like the only part of the movie where it kind of was like I was kind of confused a little bit as to what was going on. But um, I think it was yeah. I, I think they're just setting up like a, a, a you know, a shadowy like, you know, yeah. this isn't on the the up and up 
um, kind of foreboding, like, um, I don't know, like, this doesn't feel right. Maybe you shouldn't be doing this. I think it was a little bit of a foreshadow that, that bad things are going to come from buying this pet. Yeah, but uh, but but uh, don't get it twisted, because because uh, that was the only part that was confusing to me. The rest of the story, and and confusing isn't even really the right word. It's more just like I was trying to follow along and figure out what was going on. But um, but but besides that, this story is a very simple story. Like basically, you know, creature gets bought. Creature has accidental bad feature. It it bad feature <laughs> happens. Gremlins wreak havoc. It gets sent back to owner. Day is saved. Right. However, yeah, yeah simple structure. <laughs> yeah. However, don't let that take away from the fact that this was a fantastic story because it, it may be a very simple story. But my God, was it a great story, like, you know, all the way through, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes that's the best stories, right? Like, keep it simple. Um, you know, be very straightforward. Don't be too confusing. Don't, uh, don't, don't crowd the story with too many, uh, you know, side plots, side jags, and so forth. Um, and this did that. It was, you know, and it's set in with, with fantasy rules, right? So uh, you're introduced to creatures that you've never seen before with, um, you know, powers or abilities, I guess, if you will, that, that took very little time to set up. Uh, so you got absorbed into the story very quickly with, without a whole lot of like, wait, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but yeah, but, but, but that's the, that's the thing I, and I personally like stories like this, you know, because it's like, I don't have to do a lot of thinking. I can just turn it on and immediately know what's going on. Like 15, 20 minutes into the movie, you know, and you know, I'm, 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 I'm a simple man, Kent. I'm a simple man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but, but it's interesting in one aspect for me because, um, because Billy, our main character here, is kind of basically the breadwinner of the family. In fact, it's mentioned multiple times throughout the movie that he's the one who is racking in all the money for the family. Um, and, and it's at such a young age, too. Like he's working at a bank, you know, he's probably like in his, you know, early 20s at this point right and he's the breadwinner for the family right and and the reason for that is because his father is you know trying to make it as an inventor and you know he's trying to make it big um in that scene right and i'm a little conflicted about this so on the one hand um it's very noble that um that this kid is taking on this responsibility but also this kid is taking on this responsibility like the dad can't work somewhere else on the side, you know, like, well, I mean, some of that's left to our imagination. I think I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that it's particularly clear that, that Billy's the sole breadwinner. Um, you know, his dad, Rand Peltzer, if you don't remember his name, uh, Rand, um, you know, he is an inventor. He's going around doing things. He does have a revenue stream. I mean, who knows? Maybe he sold something years ago and they're kind of, uh, coasting on uh you know his his nest egg or some sort of retirement plan or something like that like that's not really i don't think that's super important to the story uh but it is a little bit interesting you know you've got a probably in the young 20s um um he's at least out of high school but he's got high school age friends so i would say he's probably like 19 20 21 something like that Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, he, I guess he'd have to be 21, right? Because he was having a beer in a bar. Yeah, he um, was. Yeah. So he had to, he would have had to have been 21. Yeah. Yeah. So I bet he's exactly 21 and, you know, he's friends with like a 17, 18 year old, um, which, you know, that's, you know, only a couple years difference. Uh, yeah. but anyway, but yeah, being the breadwinner. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't, I don't know that it's particularly important. 
um, you know, what percentage of, of the income he brings into the household, but he is, a you know, still living at home. Um, and I bet he would be contributing, you know, some rent money, maybe some groceries, um, whatnot, because, uh, you know, he's living in his parents' home. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I just, the, the fact to me that it's like, like the, the part that it, it, it frustrates me the most is that like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I probably am overanalyzing it, but anyone who has listened to this podcast for any amount of time knows that I overanalyze stuff all the time. So like, I yeah. can't, I, I can't <laughs> help it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause, cause it's like the fact that he's so young and he's the one making the most money. I just, I, I can't get over that, man. Because like, you know, it's like, a, I well, feel I like don't, it's a did, did, they didn't explicitly, they didn't sit explicitly say he's making more it money. It was definitely mentioned a couple of times in the movie, how like he is the breadwinner and he is the one making the money for the family. Like, uh, especially from his coworker at the bar when they first go to the bar, um, he, that he literally says flat out, you are the breadwinner of the family. Well, yeah, but that, that guy was also a dickhead that just yeah. saying things to get a rise out of Billy. So I, I never really took anything he said as like, Oh, well he's saying a true thing. He's saying the dickish thing. So whether it is true or isn't true, I don't think is really the, uh, what's at issue there. It's just that, you know, this guy's, this guy's a prick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I have some choice words for him uh, later on in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but uh, having said all of that, though, I did find it hilarious that most of the inventions were breaking down at some point in the film. Oh, like yeah. that very much is a, a situation where, like, I I feel like I can't. Here's the thing, because you and I are techies, right? So like. I, we we stuff breaks on us all the time tech wise um all um you know constantly and it's no different here right because like he's basically inventing something and it just after a few weeks they even said in the movie it's like it works for the first couple of weeks and then just <laughs> just breaks down <laughs> yeah 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 it, it, that's that's a great running gag in this movie because yeah not only is it is it bringing that to light hey all of our uh you know quote high tech things you know that they're they're full of bugs and they break um but it uh, also like it they were visually funny it was it was good comic relief to see every time mm-hmm. one of his inventions broke or or sprayed something or or yeah. what have you yeah you had the juicer yeah the telephone which didn't work i think the only <laughs> thing that actually worked was when they had to dim down the lights and they used that little remote control like uh right yeah like yeah. race car thing i think that was the only thing in the whole movie <laughs> that actually worked to perfection <laughs> yeah it must have been in the first few weeks of its use <laughs> yeah right it must have been right yeah yeah and or that thing has been like thoroughly thoroughly tested they've been using it for years you know like it had to have been that way yeah um, sure but uh but he's uh but he's interesting um well and, and and the other thing too i wanted to mention too is the fact that the wife has to put up with all of this and I, I don't know. I can't speak to that um, aspect in particular, but can't. I mean, I don't know about you, but it, it seems like uh, it's very frustrating to uh, when when stuff breaks and you're the one that has to fix it because you're the tech uh, person in your home. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I think you like the family dealing with, uh, you know, with Rand's inventions and, um, you know, and all of all the problems that go with them. Um, I think that just shows like you can definitely tell when you see the three of them together, the mom, the dad and the son together, you can tell there's a lot of love in that family and they care very much about each other. 
And um, I, I think that just is kind of part and parcel uh, with, with them putting up with, with the inventions. Cause if the guy was a dick, then they would be complaining and wouldn't put up with it, you know? Right. Uh, but because Rand is such a loving uh, man with like a big heart and all that sort of stuff that, you know, it, Hey, um, you know, let him, let him chase his dreams and uh, we'll do what we need to, to support him. So I, I actually kind of found, found that aspect endearing. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. It's like we may be making fun of his inventions and all like with them breaking down and everything. But here's the thing. I actually want like when he was showing that bathroom buddy travel device, like I actually wanted that. You know what I mean? Like like we still don't have anything like that where it's like an all in one thing, you know, like I'm surprised we haven't had something like that already, you know? Yeah, I mean, pretty soon our our smart we'll be able to shave with our smartphones. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure we will. <laughs> I I guarantee you, there's already an accessory like a lightning accessory that is a sh- <laughs> like a shaver or something. Like there's that's got to exist, right? Somebody, of somebody, course, yeah. somebody watching live, uh, put that in the chat if you can find it. Like uh, that's your that's yeah, your that's sure. your uh, that's your <laughs> expedition today. <laughs> yeah, but um. <laughs> But that, but he goes to this inventors convention too, which I feel like is kind of like a mini CES event, you know. And it's funny because oh, it sure. would be around CES time, except it's before Christmas when CES is normally in the first or second week of January, typically. So yeah, so this is yeah, this is one of those conventions. I mean, this, it might even be a precursor of CES. Um, yeah, I'm not maybe. sure exactly when CES began, but um, yeah, I mean, there's conventions throughout the year for for new emerging tech and stuff like that and having one specifically for inventors i think is is pretty cool i'd like to actually go to one of those and maybe you'd be able to pick up a bathroom buddy if you go to one i know yeah i i feel like i gotta <laughs> go to this one and pick one up now you know um but the thing that really th- this was the one part that did kind of annoy me about the uh about the dad a little bit but, um so there i want so of course uh gizmo gets accidentally hit with uh with water and uh, and of course, because of that, he's pushing out babies and, you know, he's, you know, he's, you know, that madness is going on. Right. And Billy goes yeah. down to tell his dad. Right. And uh, like he's telling his dad what's happening is like freaking out. Right. Which, you know, naturally you would. Right. And the dad's natural instinct. We could turn around and make so much money selling these babies, man. Like, like every kid in America would love oh. this. Like yeah dude that's not that's not the point right now dude like fine but that's not the problem here (laughs) yeah well at the time i mean nope like they didn't know that this was going to turn bad uh it's it's just like when you're when you're like if you had a a dog that that surprisingly gave birth to a litter of puppies i mean what's what are you gonna do um you're gonna adopt them out right um yeah, you know, and if it's a per bread, maybe maybe you're gonna sell them or or something. Um, but I I think that's a natural that's a natural instinct, especially with Rand, uh, the dad. He, um, you know, he's an entrepreneur. He's somebody that's like always looking for a way to you know to add to the income. And um, hey, if we can easily get like hundreds of these things, these really really cool pets, like why not make a buck on that? Yeah, um, I think that was very fitting to his character to to uh, try to monetize that. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of getting wet, uh, that's that's one of the three rules that you absolutely must not do with Gizmo. You know, we we talked about it uh, or they talked about it in the movie a couple of times, uh, which 
of course means if they've if they've said it um if they've said that there's three rules eventually the rules will eventually get broken right like you don't mention the three rules if they don't get broken later in the movie right <laughs> that's right that's right yep <laughs> but the rules are no light no water and never feed him after midnight or feed them or him or whatever after midnight and yep yep you would think these rules would be relatively easy to follow right right uh, is sure ish yeah except uh because here's the thing after we mentioned billy accidentally spilled water on uh gizmo earlier but then um billy when he takes uh gizmo over to the uh science teacher at school gets him wet with water again while talking to the science teacher i'm like what you know what's gonna happen why would you experiment with more water especially well, given the fact that that was specifically forbidden you know yeah well but the result is it reproduces and okay like okay it doesn't seem at this point it doesn't seem like it's a bad thing that has happened uh it just made more more uh mogwai so okay yeah I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Do it by for the way. science, yeah. Do it for science, yeah. For science, except science involves uh, your whole town getting destruction, destructed. But you know, um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the things we do for science, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying to remember too. Like, does he uh, does he splash water on uh, Gizmo or his alter ego Stripe at this point? Because I think, if I remember well, no, correctly. Neither. Well, so obviously it was Gizmo that got wet originally. Originally, um, it was yes. actually Billy's yeah. Billy's friend. Billy's friend uh, spilt the water on the on right. the desk where where Gizmo was. Um, and, but then uh, Billy took one of the you know one of the new Mogwai to the science teacher. Not Stripe. Stripe stayed at Billy's house. This uh, was just okay. one of the other like no name Mogwai. Yeah, so we don't know what their name is. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, because Stripe was uh, terrorizing the uh, the family inside the house. That's right. I remember that now. Yeah. So um. Yeah. So yeah, we don't know, but uh, it's just some random, s some random uh, magua. We don't know. <laughs> but uh, while we're on the subject of the science teacher, that film projector, man, to show movies in class, like that is an old, that is an oldie but goodie because uh. Because that film projector <laughs> is so old that I never even experienced this in school. Like, we had the overhead projectors when I was in school still. But, yeah, no, none of this, you know, film, you know, projector stuff. Like, we we had moved past that point by the time I was in school. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this is where this is where we point out how young you are or how old I am. Because in in high school, uh, even um, and especially in in elementary school, that we definitely had that style projector, hundred mm -hmm. percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I knew I knew you. I knew it would be at your school. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> but uh, easily one of my favorite parts of this movie is uh, is when Billy is running back to the school to get the science teacher when all hell breaks loose, right? And mm. he discovers that uh, that someone put a shot in his butt and that's what killed him <laughs> and specifically i found out it was the uh the samples that he had took earlier of one of the uh mogwai that ultimately killed him but i thought it was just hilarious that they put it in the butt right so well so i don't, I don't think it was the the shot that killed him i don't think there's any sort of injection um the 
science teacher took a blood sample from the Mogwai earlier, right? And right. the Mogwai was very, very upset that he was getting a needle stuck in him. And I think that was just a matter of him holding a grudge uh, because the science teacher was reaching under the desk trying to to give him a candy bar and coax him out from under the desk. And that's when the Mogwai, well, at this point, a gremlin, uh, grabs him. And I think he was killed, you know, through either blood force trauma or maybe he got his throat slashed or something like hmm. that. And the shot in the the butt, I think, was just like the, you know, you're going to use this fucking thing on me. I'm going to use it on you and just like stabbed it in his butt. That's how I took it. And Interesting. Uh, that's, that's how I've seen it every time I've watched the movie. Huh. I don't think he was poisoned. Interesting, because I because I I feel like because I definitely have I've seen some people interpret the that the shot is what killed him. So that's an interesting take. I hmm. Mm. I mean, and we don't really well, know. Right? Was, it's, it's up for interpretation a little bit, right? I suppose so. It, to me, like just in Kent's brain, when I look at that scene, it is just cold face obvious that he was dead at the time that the shot was was put in the that the syringe was put in his ass. Okay. He was already dead at that point. That's that's hmm. my take on it. I mean, okay. Um interesting. You know, okay. have your have your own head have your own head cannon if you want to think that it was yeah, so you know, if he it, was poisoned so if by Mogwai blood. Yeah, yeah. So if it wasn't um if it wasn't the shot that killed him, like you're saying blunt force trauma, like are you thinking or, maybe... or or he slashed his throat open or or something like that? Yeah, um, but because there would he was be way definitely more blood. there would be way more blood than what was shown there. I think it's a PG movie. It's a PG movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, your options may be a little le- <laughs> little limiting. So yeah. yeah. So I guess it's uh, yeah, I guess it is open to interpretation. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, email your theories in email at cinemavention dot com. What do you think uh, happened uh, to the science teacher? So. By the way, Kat, who knew that the YMCA pool had multiple use cases, right? <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Of course, for the uh, it was for the gremlins to multiply, right? Um, honestly, like I, I will say, this was also one of my favorite scenes, purely just because of the visual, um, visual uh, picture that you got from watching this. Like mm. the scene wasn't really that notable. But visually speaking, like that, that looked really cool with like all the smoke oh, coming yeah. out of the, all the, all the YMCA pool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that was one of my favorite scenes. And um, of course, the gremlins got to take a break from destroying the town and have some drinks at the local joint, you know, right? <laughs> oh, dude. So that's my favorite scene of the movie is when they're in the mm. bar and you get introduced to all of these different gremlin characters, like basically cosplaying as other Hollywood tropes and things. Uh, that was just hilarious. There's a ton of visual gags in there. It's the scene feels like it goes on forever. It's probably like a five minute scene. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it, it is, it is just so cool. And I, I, I bet the, uh, the puppeteers just had a blast putting that together. Yeah. Right. I, I have to imagine. Yeah. Because it's like, cause at one point, one of them swinging on the, uh, on the ceiling fan at one point, I think like, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think, <laughs> I think one of the puppets had a puppet, um, that, that the, pu- like, so the puppet was operating a smaller puppet at one point too, which I, that's guess. right. Yeah. Yeah. One of the gremlins had a, had a hand puppet and was putting on a little show for, for one of the guys, yeah, one of the other yeah. gremlins that didn't, that didn't quite appreciate the, the humor that he was also, trying to uh, Also, uh, somebody definitely had uh, like, they were trying to, to light a cigarette and he had like three cigarettes in his mouth at one point, something like that. Yep. Like, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was weird too. Cause it's like, 
like um i i forget her name now um shoot um kate Kate, Kate. thank you um kate was trying to uh to light the cigarette but he's kind of like he had three in his mouth but he was still like "Mm, no no (laughs) like i thought that was yeah because well the the light you you can't oh that's right put bright lights around them so the the lighter was a bright light yep yep speaking of bright light yeah that the, the camera flash when she uh figures out uh that that'll uh that that'll um incapacitate them for a short period if they do a camera flash yep. which is pretty cool yep um, they're very sensitive to light mm-hmm. yeah right um and of course you know we got to mention that theater gas explosion right um <laughs> but i never took uh, the gremlins as being big snow white fans but evidently yeah. they are well yeah, and and they picked up very quickly on the songs because they just somehow knew knew how to sing the songs the first yeah. time they're ever seeing it. <laughs> yeah, somehow. Yeah, I'm not entirely certain, but um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, but actually, uh, here's uh, here's another thing that was uh, that was really cool about this uh, about this movie is, uh, and this comes from IMDb. Uh, did you know that the set for uh, Kingston Falls? Is the same one used for for Back to the Future, um, which we have previously covered on this show. And mm. and here's the thing: looking back on it now, I um I sort of I sort of see the uh, the parallels here, right? Like I I see where yeah. uh, where they were going with it, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that is a thing I'd known before. Um, that the backlot, the Universal backlot, has been used in in a ton of movies. So. Um, yeah, it's not really a surprising thing that these two movies shared the same, yeah. the same lot. And especially, and especially looking back on it, uh, like after I saw that fact and I, and I went back and watched the, uh, like that, those particular scenes again, I'm like, yep, nope, I see it. <laughs> I definitely yeah, see the back yeah. to the future, uh, world. Oh, for sure. Here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the small, small town USA, uh, set for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. I don't think there's pretty a lot of debate on this uh, question, but I do want to bring it up because um, a lot of people have a debate on whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And if and mm. if you've listened to this to the podcast before, you know, we've we've come to the conclusion that it very much <laughs> is a Christmas movie. Come at me. Um, <laughs> but I think we can all agree that Gremlins is a Christmas movie, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, there's I mean, it's. Not only does it take place at Christmas time, uh, but Gizmo was a Christmas gift. Uh, mm-hmm. There's the, the, the scenes involving g- getting Christmas trees. Uh, there's holiday decoration. They're making Christmas cookies. There's uh, Christmas stories being told. I mean, it's uh, there's no doubt. And probably, I, I would be surprised if anyone has any doubt that this is a Christmas movie. Right? Yeah. But and and it's and it's almost like this story requires um, the setting to be at Christmas time in order for it to make sense in a way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I could, they could have done it different. Like if they wanted to set it in the summertime, it could have been Billy's birthday present instead of a Christmas yeah. present. Uh, there's other ways that they could have told the same story, I think. Uh, but they very much uh, set dress this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With Christmas. Yeah. What, what's interesting. And um, and you may have missed this when I was going over the uh, the stats earlier, but uh, this movie was released in theaters on June 8th. Yeah. So I'm not entirely certain why they chose June 8th for a Christmas movie, like a Christmas themed movie. Of course. So uh, I think, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I, I think back then, uh, most most of the cinema rev- revenue was from summer movies. Yeah. Uh, like, so, you know, like Star Wars kind of set the uh, the table for the summer blockbuster. 
And I think that's when, uh, you know, that's when kids are out of school. That's, uh, you know, it's when everyone wants to go to the movies, especially like drive-ins were more popular back then. So people would go, uh, you know, to drive-ins and, you know, it was just a thing to do in the summertime. And I think that's when the, where the money was made. I don't think a whole lot of people were going like November, December to see movies back then. So, you know, you want to put your, everybody knew like all the studio people knew that gremlins was going to be a hit or at least, uh, you know, they, they very much believed in the movie. So you might as well release it, you know, in the, uh, you know, the, the, the date on the calendar that's going to make you the most money. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a Christmas movie. Why it was released on June 8th, you know, is beyond me, but still, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, You've also got clips throughout this movie from It's a Wonderful Life in here. Uh, and it's throughout yeah. this movie. It re- it keeps referencing that movie a couple of times. <laughs> and in fact, there are some um, uh, Gizmo at one point sees uh, that scene on the racetrack. And that and you mm. realize that co- like at the time you think nothing of it. But later on, you're like that scene was very important foreshadowing for later. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, but this is a very old Christmas movie. It's a Wonderful Life, um, and I feel like next Christmas we'll have to we'll have to cover this movie on Cinemavention next next Christmas time. Oh, I yeah. think. Sure, so, sure. Yeah, and and I and I know that uh, Wabbit Magic has already agreed to be the guest for this one. So uh, oh right on. So that'll be a that'll be a good episode. Uh, but yeah, it sucks that we'll have to wait a whole year um to get back to this. But <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, that's fine. You're gonna have plenty of of great movies between here and there. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, the sequel. There is one sequel to this movie, <laughs> Gremlins 2. Okay? Now, yep. without spoiling the movie, Ken, do you think Gremlins 2 is a Christmas movie? No. No, no. I do not. Okay. Yeah. Because they definitely wrote the end of this movie with a sequel in mind, right? Like, it definitely seemed like that end uh, scene where he says, like, oh, maybe you can have Gizmo someday. Like, that was definitely yeah, like yeah. they definitely wrote that with a sequel it, in mind. It opened the door. Yeah, well, maybe not necessarily with a sequel in mind, but definitely leaving it leaving the door open that hey, here's here's the the you know the way back into the Mogwai world. Um yeah. Um yeah. Gremlins 2 is a different sort of movie. Uh the it's not a Christmas movie. It it kind of takes so my favorite scene of the first movie is the bar scene, like I said. Mm-hmm. And they basically take that um that style like that uh you know over the top character silliness development of the gremlins and just multiplies it times 10 basically and that's the that's the biggest draw of the second movie i think is Mm -hmm. is all of the different ways to show you the gremlins yeah absolutely all right, so uh, we're going to go through these last few points uh, rapid-fire style. Uh, Kent, we've only got a couple more minutes left here, so we'll go rapid-fire yeah. on on these, but uh, but I did want to mention them. Uh, I thought it was funny that that gong, uh, that, that there was a gong sound after the dad mentioned that you have a bad case of dragon's breath, and then just randomly there's a gong right after he says that. <laughs> I thought yeah, that was pretty funny. Well, see, that's... So it does seem funny, but also I th- I feel like it's one of those um, like micro racism gestures. Yeah, that's like, uh, true. Because because that was a trope. That was a Hollywood trope. Whenever you would show someone quote Oriental, that you have the gong play for no fucking reason whatsoever, other than yeah. just underline the the fact that this person is Asian. 
Um, and I feel like that's what it was. Like, I remember when I was a kid and he says dragon breath and there's the gong. Like, I definitely found it funny. Uh, watching it now, I'm just kind of like, mm. yeah, it doesn't it, need to be there. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> age well. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, 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 I particularly I thought it was funny just because it came out of nowhere. You know, like that's that's the part yeah. I found more funny. Not so much the joke itself, but just the fact that it just came out of nowhere. It was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, 70s, 70s and 80s, it was a trope. You know, mm-hmm. there were Asians on screen when it happened. So it wasn't a big surprise for people like contemporary uh, folks watching that movie at the time it came out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the sheriff uh, getting that Christmas tree for the uh, for the station. It's it's kind of a it's a very short, like, you know, 20 second scene. But he's trying to get it for free because he's a cop. Right. And the guy behind yeah. him just yeah. immediately calls his bluff on it immediately. It's like I bought mine, Joe or yeah, whatever I'd, his name yeah, was. I'd, yeah. I paid for mine, George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Just immediately <laughs> called him out. And that was the end of the scene. Like. Mwah, yeah. that was great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yep. the burger king logo by the way is interesting because <laughs> it, I, it felt like uh, you could uh, that burger king logo with i think they've kind of gone back to the classic logo now because because that logo yeah. looks like it does now you know like um i guess that's kind of uh where they're going right now classic is in right now i guess i don't know oh yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, the nostalgia's huge right now and uh um, Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good point too, yeah. So yeah, the the fact that the current logo looks like it did it in the 80s is um that makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, right. By the way, uh, uh, side note, Burger King is just one of the worst fast food chains, like in my <laughs> in my mind. Like the only thing worth getting at Burger King is the chicken fries, and even then I had them a couple months ago. They're just kind of meh. You know, like they're just meh. You know what I mean? You're about to, uh, you're probably about to start a war in the chat. Um, yeah, it sounds like I, it sounds like I am. Yeah, yeah. Kevin in the chat uh, will not stand for such slander. I mean, listen, like you can get better burgers elsewhere. I'm just saying, man. All right. Anyway, I haven't on. had Burger King in quite a while. Yeah. yeah All right. I so, have, Mr. Futterman. Either. Yeah, yeah. Moving on, Mr. though. Futterman, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Futterman. <laughs> speaking of, uh, speaking of slight racism here. Mr. Futterman, man, um, his shtick throughout the entire film is him being like, oh, these these goddamn for these foreign cars or these foreign yeah. parts, these foreign TVs are the problem. Like, Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah, yeah. what is with him and foreign items? <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, you got to think about the time frame and, and his age. You know, he was very much, um, you know, a young man during World War Two. He probably fought in World War Two. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, yeah, he did. He did talk about it. He did talk about WWII, uh, World War II. Um, so there was a lot of, um, uh, we'll just call it racism. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, against, you know, foreign, uh, foreign nationals, foreign, there was a lot of skepticism, a lot of suspicion about, um, like motives of, of foreigners. Um, uh, you know, cause at the time the, the U.S. was at war with Germany and with Japan simultaneously, um, and well, in other countries as well, Italy and so forth. Um, so there was a lot of like uh, suspicion. I think is the, the 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 biggest issue there. Like, what what is the motive? Why why would why would we be buying things from you know foreign countries that we might have been dropping bombs on just like yeah. you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago? 
Um, and I mean, you know, and so I, and I, I think I, I think he's just a product of, of that age. I yeah. suppose we're still kind of having those discussions now with the whole, you know, China situation. You know, like Congress literally um, recently just banned TikTok from government devices recently because it's a Chinese company. You know, so I mean, we're kind of still having those um, discussions. It's just the 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 uh, the items have changed. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's fair. But um, but yeah, I, I I did I did enjoy the fact that his house got bulldozed down, and that's how he died. At least I assume he dies at at, at that point, <laughs> yeah. you know, because we don't really know. But that's a safe bet. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a safe bet. But uh, the other person that was kind of a problem, Mrs. Deagle, man. Ugh. Mm. Like, listen, I know she was written as an asshole character. I know that, right? Like, we're supposed to hate her. But goddamn, yeah. like she is such an asshole, you know? <laughs> yeah, she's basically, she's basically Cruella Deville. Yeah, uh, like yeah, I yeah. called her like the Grinch of this movie, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. For yeah. Sure. yeah, I will say, I did not expect um, her death to be the the way that it transpired, right? Like how she just gets yeeted out the window from her uh, <laughs> from her uh, chair uh, that she uses to get down the stairs, like. Out yeah. of all the things yeah. that the gremlins could have done to kill her, that was the one I least expected. So I'm glad that, oh, that yeah. was thrown in there. That was yeah, that was one of the more creative things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I love how it took her death for the local pub to finally shut down. You know, I mean, I know that wasn't the sole reason, but I'd like to think it was, you know, like she spent all this time trying to shut down this pub. And it wasn't until she died that the pub gets shut down, you know, Um. Oh sure, yeah. I guess yeah. That, I think that's a coincidence in yeah. just the order of events. As well, they sure, yeah. Because yeah. if you recall, at the very beginning, there's a petition going around trying to make it a landmark because of her trying to shut it down. I mean, she basically ran mm-hmm. the whole town. Like she might as well have been mayor at the at a certain point, you know? Yeah. Like, well, she was just incredibly rich. She was the um, yeah the widow of some you know some mogul of some sort, and uh, she had all this money and and. Uh, so she just bought up a bunch of real estate and uh, you don't pay your rent. I'm going to shut you down. Yeah, no absolutely. <laughs> um, I want to I want to talk about Kate and Billy's relationship uh, real quick, because this was a little weird to me. So they definitely have known each other for a while because uh, because Kate at the beginning of, of their interaction, like kind of brushes uh billy's arm a little bit like while bank Mm -hmm. guy is like doing a terrible job of flirting with her by the way um Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they definitely know each other before right like they've known each other for a while but that's not the weird part to me like their relationship is not the weird part to me the weird part to me was this story that she told of her dad dying because of a christmas stunt gone wrong is what i like to call it he basically tries to actually go down the chimney like actually like santa claus and then he gets sets on he gets set on fire and that's how he dies and kent i don't know but man but like i didn't know whether to laugh or cry or laugh so hard that i'm crying you know so (laughs) this if i've got a problem with the movie it's this scene it was completely Mm. had no place to me it was so out of place uh the movie's going along going along got momentum got momentum got momentum stop we're going to tell this horrible story. Yeah. This is like <laughs> no non-sequitur story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just a complete downer. Not only that in 1985 or wh- whatever it was when I saw this movie for the first time, 
I'm eight years old. Yeah. And she was just like, yep, here's this awful thing that happened. And that's how I found out there's no such thing as Santa Claus. It's like, wow. (laughs) Why? Why? Why is that in there? Yeah. Yeah. Don't scar the children like that, man. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure. So Chris Columbus, the director of the movie, like he must have a fucking like anti-Santa agenda or, or maybe he just hates children. I don't know what the deal is, but that was completely unnecessary. And uh, he just threw it in there for. Yeah whatever fucking reason <laughs> yeah man yeah no and kevin agrees yeah completely out of left field i agree yeah it's just yeah it's just yeah. out of nowhere yeah <laughs> and, and i didn't know how to feel about it right because it's like because it's like it, yeah i almost i think i just laughed when this story came up because i'm just like i don't know how to feel about this right now you know like i <laughs> yeah. didn't know how to i didn't even know how i was supposed to react to that like was i supposed to be sad that her dad died i don't even know you know <laughs> yeah yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, one other <laughs> one other thing that didn't get uh, answered in this movie, and we'll uh, and we'll end with this, Kent. Uh, it's been established that um, the Mogwai can't eat after midnight, mm. but it's never established when they can start eating again. Yes, so I've thought about this a lot uh, since mm. I was a kid. Um, so first of all, like which time zone are we talking about? Like midnight, where? Right. Uh, so I have to assume that it's it's localized, right? So it probably doesn't even go by the exact clock, like twelve zero 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 zero. It's probably like, it, I mean, if we're gonna get into this and get nerdy, like it's probably you know some astronomical uh, you know calculation of like the exact center point uh, between dusk and dawn is what you know would be considered midnight. I would have to assume uh, if we're gonna you know make this work scientifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my my rational assumption after that would be that that's lifted uh, once day daybreak comes, you know, at dawn. Yeah. So at the the middle, the center point of of the nighttime hours, and then it probably ends uh, at dawn. That's my best guess. Yeah. If anybody's got a better theory, email Willie. Yeah. Email <laughs> at cinemavention dot com if you have yeah. a better theory than that. Yeah. But that's uh that's as good as I that's as good as I can come up with. So yeah, we'll roll yeah. with that. <laughs> uh but yeah man. So uh it's time to give our ratings for this movie, Kent. Uh start I'll start with you first. I think I know what rating you're gonna give this movie. Definitely a thumbs up. Uh, this has been a, a movie I've I've watched since I was a kid. Uh, I've I've seen it dozens of times. Um, I will watch it dozens more in my lifetime. Definitely thumbs up. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up as well, man. Um, I enjoyed the story. Uh, this movie follows. Uh, it, it was funny you mentioned this earlier, but I fo- I called it the it, this movie follows the kiss protocol. The keep it simple, mm. stupid right oh yeah but it's still great storytelling like i enjoyed the story um and as far as all of the christmas movies we covered um uh during december here on cinemavention i think this this movie was a um like this was a very um good movie for me i think it all i it's a very close second for elf to me i think elf just barely Mm. squeaked by as the better movie in my opinion personally but the but, yeah. but there's not much gap between those two movies. Like this movie yeah, was I mean, really if, good. On a list of Christmas movies, I would put Elf above Gremlins. But as like a personal Kent's favorite movies list, I would have Gremlins above Elf. 
for sure. So it just kind of t- for me depends on the context of uh, how we're. Yeah, we're for sure. Yeah, yeah no, and it, it, yeah, no, and then by no means, yeah, they they were very, yeah, they're very close in my mind. They're both very good movies. So, so yeah, man. Well, Kent, uh, this was such a great uh, episode. Thank you so much for uh, joining us, and uh, and uh, thank you for uh, being here, and thank you for uh, allowing me to do this uh, for the streamathon this year. Uh, uh, tell the folks again uh, one more time uh, where they can donate at. Yeah, dcstreamathon.org slash donate, or if you want to give Willie credit, which I encourage you to do, uh, uh, dcstreamathon.org slash cinema. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, of course, uh, ritualmisery.com, RM underscore Del Noche on Twitter uh, when we're not doing the streamathon. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have you on uh, a couple more times at least uh, in the new year. So uh, <laughs> yeah, um, if you do Gremlins 2, I'm, I'm game. Absolutely. Yeah, that'll probably have to be uh, its own episode in the future for sure. And uh, of course, I do a watch party for each of the movies that we review on the show. If you want to watch the movie with myself and fellow listeners, join the Discord, discord.cinemavention.com. But if you can't make it to the watch party, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash is one is where you can get all the previous uh, watch parties we've done all in your own RSS feed. And it also supports the show a lot. Uh, send in your thoughts over at email at cinemavention.com and see all the previous movies we've covered on this show over at cinemavention.com. Thank you, Kevin McLeod, for the intro and outro music for the show. You can find them at incompetech.com. And we'll be back next week to discuss the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World with Naim Siddiqui, a.k.a. Kuan! And uh, that'll, be a fun, uh, that'll be a fun movie to discuss with him. And until then... We'll see you next time. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>